Hello and welcome to MAR Talks, where we talk about leadership and innovation in the internet economy, software, and digital agencies. I'm your host, Daryl Rosenstein. Today we're joined by Chris Lemmer, the CEO of SWIFT, a digital agency focusing on the creative side of things in South Africa. They have some of the top accounts in that country, including Mattress Outfitter, Kui, Canada Abroad, Master Drilling, Good Luck, and Matthew Mole. Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Daryl, and for having me. Well, we can launch right into things here because I'm sure everybody's very curious about the marketplace down there in South Africa. And I know you, that you work globally and have accounts uh, around Europe and some here in the United States as well. But in your backyard, so to speak, one of the most popular solutions is an integration between WooCommerce, which is a WordPress-based uh, e-commerce backend and view storefront. And that might surprise some of our listeners in the API-first space who regard WordPress as ancient history, uh, and yet this has proven to be a great success for you. Uh, so tell us, why WooCommerce? I think the very interesting thing is that a lot of store owners, not only in South Africa, but globally, when they start doing e-commerce for the first time, they start exploring this space and sphere, they really they look for various different options. And as we know, Shopify, WooCommerce, these are the platforms that they come across. And the big challenge is a lot of startups start with a WooCommerce site. And then as they survive, you know, the first few years and they start growing, they really have a store that has great flexibility with plugins and stuff, but it starts reaching certain limitations with scalability, performance, and all these various different things that we know of. And there really isn't a great solution available at the moment for building headless or decoupled commerce with WooCommerce. So this new storefront integration that we're working on is a solution allowing store owners and WooCommerce developers and also smaller businesses to actually access this technology and keep on using the stack that they currently use and they don't have to migrate to a new stack to now accommodate this new technology era that we're really going into of composable commerce. Well, you have a global footprint, as I said, but you're based in South Africa. What insights can you share about the South African and, and African market for that matter, uh, chiefly with regard to the technology buyers in the market and the solutions that they're interested in that would be useful to uh, other vendors mm. that wanted to sell in the territory? So what we see is that even very big brands like Weber, for instance, which is a international brand and, and started in the United States, even companies like them locally running e-commerce stores are using WooCommerce. So we've actually compiled a list of 100 companies in the country, some of which are very big and international, that are all using this tech stack. And this is something we see a lot is, is the majority of the agencies in South Africa that are starting and building e-commerce sites for businesses are using WooCommerce. And that's just a very interesting trend in the market. And I believe from research, uh, if you look at inlift.com and you look at WooCommerce, their stats, the States still has the biggest amount or largest amount quantity of WooCommerce sites in the world. So it's a lot over there as well. But we really do see that if, if you hear about somebody building an e-commerce site in South Africa or an agency, you can just guess that it's WooCommerce and Mostly it is. So very small to very large businesses are using it. Now, I know that some of the companies that you're working with might be interested in going uh, headless 
for their entire stack. Uh, what sort of challenges do they have and how do they typically start out? So typically, if you start out as a very small business and you grow and you survive the first few years, you get more staff members, you get more integrations, you really start investing in your WooCommerce tech stack. And you then reach a point, let's just say five years into your business, where you've probably gone through the third iteration of a WooCommerce store and you've invested a lot and you're starting to see a store with 50 or 60 plugins that you've bought over the years, you've bought various themes, your database is cluttered with, with additional data and tables and stuff. And now you're stuck at a point where it's slow because it's a monolith, you can't really scale. So the first challenge is you've, you've re reached the limit of what you can do further with your WooCommerce store. The other challenge is also cost. So if you now have to migrate to a Magento or to a completely new platform, your entire investment over the years is essentially lost and you have to retrain your staff, you have to rebuild all your integrations. So these store owners tend to not want to lose that you know, investment and retain the WooCommerce store that they have. So, and then integration. So you've built a lot of integrations over the years. If you're building an integration with an accounting system or something like that, you know, that's very expensive development that you'll lose if you migrate away. So those are some of the challenges that they have. Well, and I gather that you took a novel approach to your market research when it came to designing your WooCommerce and uh, view storefront integration. Tell us the story, but also tell us why it matters with regard to the kinds of specialist insights that you can access as a technology vendor and innovator by tapping into a carefully selected audience of potential users of that technology. So we take a product first approach. So, you know, product managers specifically are, they're actually quite a new role. And, and what they do for most agencies is we don't just go and build a product like in the olden days and align our whole team and our whole warehouse. We get all the investment in the whole product line and then nobody wants to buy the product. That's what, what it, it still happens today, but it's, you know, we go by the lean approach. So the lean startup, if you think about Eric Rice, what he describes there, it's really to build this, the MVP. Like what's the smallest experiment you can do to test this and see whether people will actually use this product. And that's the approach we want to take. So that's why we want to do market research and build something people actually want to use. So the approach we took as a, you know, small startup agency with not hundreds of thousands of dollars is we created a landing page for our view storefront WooCommerce integration that's that's in progress at the moment. And we ran some Reddit ads. We spent $250 to be exact. And we got about 20 or 30 email addresses of people subscribing for our beta program. So for clarity, that's not the people that went to the landing page. We had more, but 20 or 30 out of them actually subscribed. And we've interviewed probably about 10 asking about the challenges and validating this problem. And it's clear across the board, across the globe, you know, we've interviewed people from the States, from the UK, from Mauritius, from South Africa. And the problem people are facing is the same. It's so we know there's a problem there. We know we're solving something. And our target audience is, at least for starting out, really those developers that are doing work for agencies and giving them a tool that they can use to solve the problem for the agencies. So that's the approach. And we've also spoken to Inlift and, and looked at their data. Their data on WooCommerce is pretty accurate. And um, there you can also see roughly 40,000 stores globally in the region of 
10 to $50 million a year turnover are using WooCommerce. So they are also big businesses and a lot of them. Uh, you know, kudos to you for using that methodology, you know, putting the ad in Reddit. I mean, what a return on investment that was. But, you know, there's always a gap between the technology that the industry says people ought to be using and what they're actually using in, in reality. And listening to the people that do the work, the developers and the buyers alike, is probably the most valuable insight in calling the market and innovating around it that you did. And again, I commend your innovation in figuring that out. But, you know, as it stands, you're a relatively small business in the digital agency world, but you serve businesses of many different sizes from small to mid markets up to enterprise. And what can you tell us about the unique perspective that that gives you at Swift? Is it fair to say that large companies may sometimes be guilty of missing the wood for the trees and potentially have a lot to gain from collaborating with partners that, like Swift, operate at different scales? I think, you know, when you're starting out as a, a smaller business, you what you can afford at that stage, unless you have a lot of funding, is smaller companies with less expertise and cheaper resources. And I'm you know, not saying that's always the, the rule of thumb, but generally that's what happens. So the kind of mistakes that you're going to make as a business will be the same as a lot of businesses have made before you. And the advantage that it gives us to work with enterprise companies as well is that we understand the challenges of when you're starting out you have one branch one person you're getting orders from your e-commerce store now you you employ a second person a third you need a warehouse you get another warehouse in another location you know immediately that starts adding challenges logistics where do you ship stock from and there are so many things if you want to integrate your campaigns or you want to do data warehousing where if you're a small store, you wouldn't even think about those things. And we have worked with small and enterprise stores, so we understand where they end up and design and build a solution that can really work for the enterprise businesses as well and allow them to scale with, with this technology stack. Well, you're a developer who's made the transition yourself to being a business leader, which reflects the profile of a lot of founders of solutions vendors today. And what did you gain from that perspective? So the, it's, it's an interesting thing, as you say, a lot of developers going to the business area of, of you know, the industry. I think understanding the challenge that a developer has and building a solution that doesn't just work, but is also affordable for the company that's future-proof and understanding the impact that software has on the business and architecture of that is very important. So, you know, it's it's pretty easy to to stand if you're purely from a business perspective to make certain decisions in a certain way. But if you understand the software and you understand the architecture and you've been on the ground, you know, you've been a soldier, you've been in the trenches, you've got a different perspective to, you know, the guy controlling the army, if I can use that analogy. And that really helps to understand how developers see things and also creating environments and code bases that they like to work with and communities that they like to work with, having underst you know, understood that um, area as well. Now, have, have you had the experience of any of the vendors that you work with leaning into you to better speak to the buyer's priorities and goals? We interview them and we ask them the same questions. And I believe, you know, a lot of people always say ROI is the the big thing or they want a, a higher conversion rate. But but it's really e-commerce, it's really more than just that. The, it's the, this constant balance between performance 
and user experience. And often businesses prioritize, you know, one over the other without realizing that that all these things influence each other. So we do have an understanding of of that. And the I think the big thing is if you go with the composable commerce route, you're not compro compromising your performance and your user experience. You're because it's always this constant balance between your site is faster, your user experience lacks and, and vice versa. So those really are our goals that businesses have and also third-party integrations so microservices uh, there's always these things that they want to build around the solution that that needs to work and and priorities and, and goals that they have so i believe this this approach really fits that very well now i'd also imagine that you know at this point you can see through the marketing having actually used these systems and knowing their true potential and limitations our initial uh, personas is going to be the developers. So going to, into the developer communities, as we've done with the Reddit ads and with organic posts, we, we've done with polls and stuff, because they're really the people having the problem. You know, they're running WooCommerce, they're feeling the pain, and this is solving that pain for them. And then I, a, a secondary approach to that would be a more thought leadership. So you know, get into the mind of the business owner who knows they're using WooCommerce and WordPress and who have heard the developers saying constantly, we have these problems and then saying, hey guys, isn't this potentially a solution? So that would be a more long-term goal of the buyer's process of this as well. But initially, you know, we're looking to build a community around it within the view store from Sphere, which is open source at this stage. And really taking an approach of getting a de developer adoption as the priority. Now, have you, in uh, driving that presence of Vue, have you been able to help Vue understand the buyers better in your marketplace and discover a different way of working in how they have interacted with your clients? I think, you know, they have a lot of integrations and I think they learn from, from every of the integrations. We've definitely shared some of the findings and ideas, for instance, the Reddit, they also think that was very creative, but we have shared some of our findings that, that we had in the industry with them, which they also found interesting and, you know, news to them. Um, so definitely our aspects, I believe every integration that they build, whether it's themselves or the community, they will learn new stuff and more stuff. And, and that's because every one of these frameworks serves a different persona. So WooCommerce versus Shopify, although they're very similar, the people have slightly different needs. Magento, still different needs. So I believe every time View Storefront builds an integration, they will learn something new. And um, I think one of the big challenges and things that we've learned around WooCommerce is because it's the world's biggest e-commerce platform in terms of adoption, there are so many plugins and things around it that going hateless and having this framework but then losing some of that is going to be a difficulty you must have to build a really big community around it so that they also build integrations for view storefront well chris thank you so much for spending uh some time with us today and answering these questions and uh giving us your perspective uh i'm sure we'll see some great sites coming out of swift and i look forward to shopping them Great. Thanks a lot for having me, Daryl. It was great fun chatting with you. And uh, yeah, looking forward to, to chatting again, hopefully sometime soon.